Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Two Guys and a Mic coming to you on this uh, football Sunday after the Browns and Bengals games. So we're going to get into it right now. I'm uh, Ron Pierce, your host. And I'm Big Sean Davis, your co-host. Listen. So, first of all, I'm happy as hell the Browns won with 2-1. And this is something that I that I wanted to say, kind of left it out. Bro, for the first time since we went to Cincinnati, right, we leave above 500. Bro. Right. And that was an epic night. Like, I can't believe it's been that long since we – Right, that was six years ago. That was an <laughs> epic night in Cincinnati. Yeah. And we pretty much went down there and took over their whole stadium. <laughs> We pretty much took over the whole city of Cincinnati that day. They couldn't wait for Listen, us to leave. There's, there are pictures of me and you from Cincinnati all the way across the Ohio River into Covington, Kentucky. <laughs> they do not ever want to see us ever <laughs> in again. that area ever again. Ever but, again. you know, I'm, I'm happy. It's good that, uh, that you know, the Browns were able to pull that off. Um, so let's just, you know, we might as well go ahead and jump into – uh, the game. I want to talk about, you know, the things that we thought going into the game before the game was played. Uh, some of the things that we thought the Browns needed to do or what we wanted to see the Browns do. For me, it was Stefanski's game plan. How did he, how would he adjust coming from week two to week three? Would he do the same stuff? Would he think that whatever he pulled out his ass on, you know, game two was going to be effective enough for, for game three. Um, the energy of the team, the crispness, how they how they moved around and how they felt or were they going to be complacent? You know what I mean? These things to me were – I was really, really focused on that. Um, unfortunately, I watched uh, the CBS pregame, so I didn't even see the Browns pregame stuff because I was watching CBS instead of Fox. So, okay. I didn't pick up on the fact that it was going to be on Fox until almost 12:45, but I was I wanted to see because I wanted to see what the Browns the players were looking like on the field where they okay. kind of dancing around where they kind of locked in, just wanted to see the energy of the team, um, and that got kind of goes back to to the coaching as well, and then you know of course I wanted to see if if, if Faker was going to look like he looked in game two which is focused, on target, um, you know, aggressive, 
or was he going to look like the beggar that we've been kind of, you know, bothered with at times in the past, in the more recent past? So, you know, I was I was concerned about those things. I was concerned about the defense because, they, to me, they're, they're pretty porous. They haven't tackled well. They haven't covered well. So I was concerned. So my keys, my actual keys to the game, though, was the running game, us not turning the ball over, of course, how OBJ played. I thought he played really great in game two. I would like to have seen a follow-up of that in game three. But uh-huh. I was looking for that. Also, the short passes. And defensively, I said missed tackles, forced turnovers, because that's something else we talked about in our last show, and what they were going to do in coverages. Uh, you know, and then we'll get into how the game actually played out in a minute. But you go ahead. You tell me what your keys and your thoughts were pregame. Okay. Um, my key, um, the main one, was protecting Baker against Washington's front four. Um, I knew that was a strong point of their team. I think they have, what, four first-round picks on that line? Listen, I think they have, if not five, if not – Yeah, they might be five. But I think they have five. I mean, you got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, uh, Chase, Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan is one more. I can't think Uh, of it. Ioannidis is the other guy. Okay. He got – now, Ioannidis and Chase ended up getting hurt in the game. But, yeah, that front – that front four is, is fierce, bro. And and then when right. they switch out, it's crazier. Exactly. Yeah, so that was my main thing that I was looking for. I also wanted to see how Stefanski was going to come back after that big win against Cincinnati. Um, was he going to stick to the same game plan where you pretty much focus on the run and then uh, use play action off of the run, which is very successful. Um, also wanted to see how our linebacking core um, was going to play. And so that who was are, like my three keys. But who are – who are the yeah, linebackers? Exactly. The no-name linebackers, except for Taki Taki. <laughs> Shout out to Sione Taki Taki. My and God, Sione. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead and shout out Sione. <laughs> um, but, man, you were being real nice when you said that the defense was porous. That defense stinks. It's more, it's more than porous. I mean, Washington, I mean, who can you name on that offense besides – the only reason why we know Haskins and McLaurin because they went to Ohio State. That's the only reason why we know those. Well, I don't know anybody else. Listen, McLaurin was actually lighting them cats up, to be honest with you. He was. McLaurin was like, he was. He was lighting them cats up. Them two or three times he got the rock, he was lighting them cats up, man. And he was literally a, a pressure away from getting a touchdown. Because he got pressured on that throw, and he kind of he just right. threw it, right. and it went out of bounds. But right. that was that was he was wide the heck open. And who was the running back, McKissick? Like who? I literally have never heard of that guy. Yeah, McKissick yep. before. Yep. Seriously, I, I've never heard. Of you him. know what? I because I played Madden, played Madden, I knew who he was. Okay. But I can't say that I know who he was because. He's been so good in the league, per se. Right. You know what well, I mean? Well, you know what, though? Like, like, like I know the NFL is going through a phase how the NBA is going through. And they really are the major sports. You're getting an influx of new young talent. Uh, a lot of guys are like undrafted free agents, things like that, or guys that have been around for a while, but just now coming into their own. And a lot of yeah. these guys I really, I'm really not familiar with. So it was good to, you know, see some of these young guys I've never heard of um, you know, and get to know them and see how they progress, you know, throughout their career. 
you know, moving yeah. forward. You know, but um, the games are different now. It's it's not like you have mainstays like you knew where John Riggins was gonna be at back. Yeah, in '85, you knew right. John Riggins was coming back. We knew Clay Matthews and Ozzie Newsom were coming back. Like we didn't. What, the, what you talking about? Bernie not gonna be the quarterback next year, right? Like that wasn't even a consideration for us. But now we live in a different in a different time. You see Cam Newton in, in New England. You see Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Five years ago, nobody would have thought that. So that's one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of influence. The game is different. It's a totally different game. It's it's a quicker paced game. And I think that's why we're seeing so many new names and so many uh and the injuries are are yeah, and that also helps a huge too. role in that. Injury's playing a huge role. Um, the game is also more specialized. Even though it's been specialized um, for some years now, that's nothing new. But um, when you said the injuries right there, you know, that is a huge key. Well, these guys are dropping like flies. Yeah, especially now with the, with the season being what it is, a lot of guys really haven't – I mean, I know they went to, to training camp or whatever, but they didn't have the long OTAs. They didn't have the preseason games where you get a chance to stretch out. Right. You get a chance to to throw yourself in the ice tub. If you go to mm-hmm. training camp and you don't really get hurt, hurt, you're probably not spending no 20 minutes in no in no ice tub. Yeah, well, that you just, just need not, contact. Not like, need to. Marcus Allen said something some years ago, you know, when the NFL, or, you know, the new CBA, how they were trying to, you know, lessen practice time. Um, less contact during practice, and Marcus Allen said that's a bad thing because your body has to get used. You got to get the contact. Them bruising, man. Right. You have to. Your body has to get used to it, and that's why I think why you're saying, if not just this year, but just the past few years, you're seeing a rash of injuries. I just don't think these guys are um, are ready for the punishment like they used to be back in the day. Uh, And and not to sound all old school. I don't want to sound like the old fogey or anything like that, but I definitely think that. Um, you know, the 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 less contact and practice you have is definitely attributing to some of the injuries that are going on. I don't necessarily think it helps. I, I think it can help. I think I understand the concept, but I agree with the fact that you do need to be contacted. Right. In order to like, you know, boxers spar. They don't they don't go to less sparring. They spar. Right. They they get punched. Now you know, do you go? Do guys go for the knockout punches and all that stuff? Maybe not necessarily, but you still catching that jab. You still catching that that hook. You know what I mean? So it's still something that makes you feel and understand that I'm getting this contact, and that helps you when you get to the point. So let's jump into the actual game. So again, one of my focuses was Baker Mayfield. Baker is for a. For for a, a better a lesser phrase, I guess I'm trying to say this, but I don't really mean it this specific way. Baker's very inconsistent. Right. Um, I wanted to say something else, but I think inconsistent is probably just the best way to say it. So he'll have a, a decent game over here. He may even have a really good game over over there. But there aren't really many connecting parts that put that where you got two or three or four or five really good games from Baker Mayfield. Right. So I knew he had a really good game on Thursday and he looked the look, not 
what we saw on the like in terms of numbers, what we actually saw in a player that Baker Mayfield is, he looked fired up and ready to go. Like I was like, wow, okay, this is a guy I can hang my hat on right there. If that's the guy I'm gonna see all the time, then I want to see that. So I was hoping right. to see what I was gonna see after seeing that guy, him being inconsistent that way. I didn't see that guy today. I'm just gonna be honest. He was off, he was behind, he was over. I feel like he got a problem stepping up in the pocket too. Um Yeah, he did some. He he made some attempts too. I think he that stepped around. I didn't see him step up. Like, like I step back, I take my three step or five step, and here comes the pressure and you move, but you know that pocket is collapsing because there's a hole right. and I'm just gonna step up and keep my face downfield. I don't see that. Now I see rollout, I'll see maybe I'll take off and run, but I don't see I'm steady gonna throw this thing downfield. I don't see that. And the pocket move up pro and see what you can find. I get what you're saying. Um, this is what I want to say. Like, in the first quarter, um, the pressure was getting to him. You know, Chase Young, especially Montez Sweat, were just being disrupted the whole game. Listen. And um, and I think that was throwing off the timing um, of the offense, period. And that's why we got off to that slow start. Um, and then, two, um, you know, Washington went right down the field, you know, you know with our defense being as porous as it is. Just, and, like, nobody seemed to be in rhythm. There was no synchronicity on the field at all, defensively, you know, or offensively, um, especially in that first quarter. But that's – and those are some of the things that we've talked about that we don't always do. Uh, we being the Browns, we don't always do that to people. Like, we don't enforce our will to just disrupt even if you don't get the sack, even if you didn't get the tackle, right. we don't always do the things that disrupt the the flow, the ebb and the flow of what these guys do. And um, that's the difference between um, from what I see from Miles Garrett and what I saw from Montez Sweat today. Now, Miles Garrett made two really, really big plays today, two huge plays, but he wasn't disruptive the whole game. Like, he made those two flash plays. And then you kind of don't – you didn't hear from him kind of like in the middle of the game. You know what I'm saying? So Montez Sweat was constantly, you know, putting pressure on Baker Mayfield, disrupting it. Also in the run game too. Even though Chubb had a great game, Montez Sweat's presence was felt during the whole game. And I don't get that uh, from Miles Garrett for all four actually quarters. Actually, Montez and Jer uh, Jonathan, rather, Jonathan Allen. Yeah. He was like – it seemed like he was all over the place. So was Ryan Kerrigan. Like, they were – every time you looked right. up, you saw one of those guys getting off the pile or chasing the play right. down, with, you know what I mean? Like, you did. I, I'll be honest with you. You're absolutely right. I think there are different kinds of, of, of defensive players than Miles. Not taking any credit away from what you said or not taking up for Miles either, but I just think they're different. I think Miles is more like a – Miles is more like an artist, whereas these guys are like football players. Like, I just want to kill somebody. I don't think Miles <laughs> wake up in the morning like, I want to kill somebody. I think he wake up in the morning like, you know what? I want blueberry pancakes. <laughs> you know? That's not a very flattering statement at I all. Just, I, I just, <laughs> hey, listen, bro, I'm just that's saying. Not, that's not very flattering. 
I'm just saying. I don't think he's that – not to say that he's not a good football player. Not to say that he isn't or doesn't have – honestly, to be honest with you, this dude has, like, all NFL talent. Like, he is incredible. I've never heard any announcer or anybody speak about his talent in a way. The one thing that I've always heard, we heard it prior to the – draft when we got him is his want to play football. Yeah, his motive. His want to be there. Yeah. So and I think that that's what we complain about often is that we don't see that push, that motor, that 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 just always yeah. on type of thing. He's just not always on. Right. And especially now, for the contract he just signed. You know, well, I'm gonna tell you and and I agree. Uh, you'll never hear me argue with that. His contract is phen- phenomenally, phenomenally crazy. So you want this dude to be in the backfield every time. Every time you want to see this guy somewhere near the ball. I'm going to be honest with you. I said this the other day. I saw him in the backfield a lot today. I saw him just miss a lot today. Now, I know, just misses. Uh, the still uh, Bobby Heenan's uh, phrase, you know, close only counts <laughs> and horseshoes <laughs> and grenades. <laughs> you did not pull out the Bobby Heenan card. <laughs> Shout out to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Shout also, out to the Brain. Uh, also, rest in peace to Road Warrior. Is it Animal that just passed? Uh, uh, yeah, Animal just passed. Animal, away. yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Laranitis, uh, his son used to play for Ohio State. Right, so, so, yeah, so shout out to to Robert Animal, one of my favorite tag teams of all time, one of the greatest tag teams. Both, in the history of the go, they are they are easily, easily, easily. If they're not top, like number one, they ain't, listen. Trust me, they ain't past two or three. No, nah, right. I, I can't like, who think else? Of, who else will come in the ring and win a match before they before they intro music? Even before the second verse, the second verse of the intro music, they already then did they move yeah. off the top rope? One, two, three, match over. You know, it was just be stupid. That used to be stupid. But um, so yeah, I I agree. I don't know that Miles is always on on, but I did see him make a lot of plays in the backfield. I did see him force stuff up the field a little bit more other than those two big plays other than the sack other than actually he was the one who when I mentioned about uh McLaren having that touchdown he was part of the pressure that forced yes. that pass to I be agree. a little bit off so okay. he, you know what he's not been playing awful he just ain't getting digits right now because so what is he only got two sacks now he got two well, maybe, sacks on maybe three sacks. Well, I'm not even worried about the so numbers. It, yeah, I'm not even worried about the numbers. It's just the eye test for me. This is impressive. I want to see him being. I I just want to see so, that disruption, and it could be, and it could be that you know without having Olivier Vernon on the other side, another pass rusher, um, you know he's getting a lot of attention. I get that, yeah. I get that, but I just want to see. It just seems like that, um, you know Haskins had a lot of time today. Like he didn't feel, you know, a couple, a, of times, of a couple of times he felt the heat, but he, you know, he he looked comfortable, you know, most of the game. Now he had on a the positive side, 
on the positive side, he sucks. So <laughs> that that really helped us out a great deal. But that would be any other quarterback. If that would have been a competent quarterback back there, we would have lost well, the game with the type of pressure we got on them today. So, 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 while you said while while you said that, let's talk a little bit about Haskins. I don't necessarily think he sucks. He's got awful tendencies, though. Yeah. So, and I only say that I don't want to say he sucks right this second because he's so young. He's only in his second uh, second NFL year. So I want to see, can he develop or can he be developed? Because what I saw, I'll be honest, when I saw in the first couple of drives, whatever was scripted, oh, that dude was on. He was just like, pop, 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 pop. He was on. And they were killing us. Like you said, that offense isn't that good or that great to just move the ball up and down the field right. like the way that they were. But whatever they had scripted, for him today, the last game I saw him play, he was kind of all over the place all the entire game. And even though they won that game, this was last season, I uh, even though they won that game, I didn't feel like he was any good. Like I literally felt like, man, this dude stinks. How was he yeah. that good at Old State? And he stinks that good. It was I didn't, difference. I didn't yeah, walk away from today's game feeling the same way. Yeah, difference between college and pro. I just didn't walk away from today. Yeah, well, the thing with him, too, I think he really only had one full season in college, right, as a starting quarterback? Yeah. Right. And yep. a lot of times those guys, when you only have one year of um, high competition football, a lot of times it takes them a while to develop once they get to the NFL. Now, really, Haskins probably should, should have been in a situation where he could sit behind the veterans maybe for one or two years been. and learn and get some he season. Just like Cardell. Yeah. He right, was the same, same thing with Cardell Jones. The guy who needed to just sit and learn and figure out how to play. And I don't mean sit behind a Tyrod Taylor, which nothing wrong with Tyrod. I don't dislike Tyrod at all. I mean, you need to sit behind a established quarterback that's already done this so that there's no question in your mind, I'm better than the dude that's on the field. Right. Right. That's because 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 Haskins' main problem, he doesn't he doesn't know how to look off his receivers. So almost all his turnovers came, he was staring down, you know, his receivers. Like and he was like were jumping on it. Right. <laughs> can't do it. Exactly. This ain't dark, Tony. Look, this ain't dark, Tony. Exactly. You can't, you can't just look at the target and then throw it and think nothing bad is going to happen. Right. Um, so I'm with you. Let's let's talk about the positives. My, My first po positive. I had a bunch of positives. I actually had a bunch of positives. And I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Oh, you good. Go ahead. Uh, I had a bunch of positives, actually. First of all, our offensive line is really good. Can I start there? The offensive line yeah. was – I was just watching. Even on the plays that Baker bailed on, it had nothing to do with his time. And this is a good defensive line. Like, it didn't always end up being – you know how everybody used to say, oh, Baker's running for his life. He wasn't running for his life today. He may have gotten pressured. He may have gotten 
you know, somebody who came around him and swatted at him. But he was not getting touched up. And no, what well, they got what two sacks today? They got two sacks. Um, there were no turnovers, so he wasn't like forced right into anything. Um, no, and and the rookie, the rookie had a little a bit of a tough day today. Wills, he had a couple of penalties. He, he had a he couple had of blown of assignments, but he's a rookie, and you playing left tackle, and that's against Montez Sweat, so that's gonna happen. And I was just getting ready to say he playing against one of the better DNs in the league. I'm not going. I'm not tripping on that. I'm right. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not tripping on that. I'm just going to say that should be a learning. It's going. Uh, man, stuff, stuff, stuff like that is going to happen. But nothing he did. Yeah, that's a learning anything. moment for him. Nothing. I think Jed, I think Jedrick going to be okay. I think right. he's going to be all right. And nothing he did wrong today ended up being like a catastrophe. You know, he he, he didn't give up a strip sack or anything like that. You know, he had a couple right. of couple of mistakes, but. You know that that's going to come, but you know, with you know experience. So. But to be able to get that push, to be able to get that push for uh, the running game to really get off against that front four is, I, I got my hats off. I got to, I got to take my hats off to the old line. Um, and Carl I think, Joseph had and on top of that, I think you should give you know Stefanski. Um, a kudos because he stuck to the game plan because the running game really wasn't jumping off. It wasn't working early. early. It wasn't, it wasn't really working. working early, and he stuck with it. And we kind of yeah. grinded it out and uh, eventually yeah. opened up some big holes and got some big plays today. I agree with that. Um, I can't. I can't argue with that at all. I was actually wondering. Like at first, I was wondering why he was going with Hunt so much, and I think he felt like maybe they think that because um, you know. Chubbs in the game, that that's gonna change how I how I, I do this game plan, right? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna move this guy out and I'll bring in you know uh, Hunt and see if Hunt can get off a little bit. So I mean again, I I like the fact that regardless of who was in, he was still committed to the run, and that's something that we've seen in the past. We've seen guys get eight nine yards to carry, and that'd be the last time they touch the ball. Right, you know, right. You don't see them no more for the game. Right. So I'm, I'm happy. I have to, I have to tip my cap to that. Um, I thought it was a solid game plan uh, from Stefanski, and the fact that he stuck with it. And we went down early. We went down early in the third quarter too. Like we weren't like just, we didn't just like walk away with this game. We were losing for a minute in the third quarter after we had been up for a while, and to see the team come back and keep playing, that, you know, bodes well for the morale of the team. Right. And um, that's one of my positives as well, too, because normally in that situation, when the Browns give up, have a yeah, big lead and give it up, they just they automatically relax. <laughs> but we have poised to the run, um, hit a couple of big third down passes, huge third down passes, um, and then focused back on the run and went back and yep. took the lead. And, you know, and that was the ball game. So I definitely want to give the Browns credit for that. And also um, capitalizing off the turnovers today. Um, when the offense was kind of sputtering, for sure. the defense wasn't, wasn't really for doing sure. all that well. And they made huge turnovers to put us in a position to score. And normally, like we talked about before in the past, we would never capitalize off turnovers. Either we get a field we'll goal, this field goal, we'll turn the ball out. back over. Yeah, yeah. Something we'll get a turnover, go three and out, turn the ball back right. over. Something dumb, something right. goofy. Anything so for to us them to actually get what we could get out of it, because I, I'll be honest with you, without those five turnovers, we might have lost today. 
I think we would have. So, because we weren't, uh -huh. but but you know what though, football team, especially when you're trying to grow as a football team and reach that next level, you have to win games like that. You know, I remember watching um, the Patriots even yeah. over the years, even through their dynasty, they didn't always play uh, lights out. They had a lot of games where they struggled, had to grind it out, but they find a way to all to pull a game out when you're not playing well, and that's the mark of a of a good and team. Like, can, can you win a game? You're the your best because the Steelers do that, the Ravens do that. I remember watching an AFC championship game. I think the score was like uh, 13 to 10. Right. Like, you know, it was just, we just, we just going to grind this, or 13 to 9, that's what it was. It's just going to be a grind out. Each team is actually in the game. Each team is right here when it matters because the game was so close. And then that one touchdown was the difference in the game. Right. You know what I mean? So that was. I appreciate all of that stuff. Uh, Carl Joseph had a huge first half, and I think overall, if I had to give a game ball, it would be between him and Sheldon Richardson because Sheldon Richardson played awesome today. And I, yes, I don't know if it's because up this I don't know if it's because these guys are from Minnesota, which is where he kind of had some of his bigger years, all his bigger years. But I mean, this dude's all over the place all of a sudden. Yeah. He wasn't that way last year. That's what we brought him here for, is to be that disruptor in the middle. That yeah, was yeah. Tough. Listen, I ain't mad. look. I ain't mad. <laughs> I ain't mad at all. I'm happy yeah. to see Big Shell out there doing his thing. But that's actually helping everybody else on that on that defensive line to see Sheldon getting that push and to see, um, like you say, without Olivier Vernon on the other side to potentially be that I know you got issues with Olivier, but sometimes your your uh who you are precedes you. So he's known as a pass wrestler, so they might pay more attention with him on the field. Now you got him, Olivier, and you have Miles all pushing up the field or potentially pushing up the field. Who knows how that's gonna work out for us in the in the future. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, listen. Overall, I was happy with the game. We put some stuff together. I always I always look at the scripted plays, and then I want to see, once we get past the scripted plays and the game becomes the game, what we choose to do. And I think Stefanski is attempting to build a, a real identity for who we are, and I think that's the running game. If you think for two seconds that we want to be a throw 47 times a game type of team, we're not going to win a whole lot of games, man. No. We're not. No, no, there will come a time. Now, there are going to be times when we have to. You know, you may just get behind a lot. You got to put it on time. It will be times when that happens, but I think our, our identity should be a physical football, a physical football team, but we need to get more physical on the defensive side. Offensively, we're very physical. Defensively, I see cornerbacks playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, which I hate. Um, and I know we don't have our starters out there. I know that we're decimated by injuries. But get up on them. Disrupt all that. Disrupt our starters. Time. But you know? you know what? Our starters, and I took, I took a tally, bro. So I, I said turnovers in my keys to the game, whether we turn the ball over or whether we force turnovers. But I was – very specific with the defense. Like I, I thought that the defense needed to start doing 
like you say, I don't want y'all to play soft. I want you guys to be more aggressive. So go get these balls. Go make that catch. Swat that ball. Make that strip. Like, you know what I mean? I wanted to see those things. So I made a tally of forced turnovers and almost turnovers. So we had we had five actual forced turnovers and three almost turnovers. Now, okay. you, you might say, oh, that's good. Well, here's why I bring this up in this particular talk that we're having. We didn't have all of our best guys because the defensive backs are kind of decimated right now with, you know, Greedy Williams being out. Um, Kevin Johnson played today. I have no idea why. Uh, Kevin Johnson played a lot today, actually. Um, and they actually – and here's where I'm going with that. I'm glad you brought that up, too. Um, your boy ain't looking great right now. Um, he, my man had an interception in his hands. It was right there. Caught it and got it knocked out of his hands by the tight end. Like, dude just came and hit him, and he just dropped Listen, bro, and he got beat twice on coverages. Uh, uh, Ward, Denzel, he looked awful today. He was, to me, Denzel was at the top of my negatives. Okay. He started playing because, to me, Johnson should have started, if you ask me, but he didn't. He came in for Denzel. Denzel was on the bench. The coach kind of like, yeah, man, just stay over here for a minute. Well, they Denzel was healthy as hell here. standing over there. <laughs> Listen, I would say that too. <laughs> Look, Chase Young had a groin injury, went into the locker room and came out with a T-shirt on. Right. You got a groin injury, you still got your helmet on? Come on, man. Come on, man. I ain't buying it. You think it was a bench? Because he had a great game last week. Um, he had one of his better games to Brown last week. He had a good game. Um, so, yeah, and, really and that's, that's what we had touched on too um, last week was that we just need to see that consistency. And, and see there we go. We're not, we're not consistent from week to week. That's, what I, that's where I was getting ready to go. Like, to me, I think it's a consistency thing. I don't think it's like a punishment per se. I don't think they want to go away from him, and neither do I. I don't want to throw the dude away, kind of like I was talking about Greedy. I didn't say throw Greedy away, but I was kind of like, man, you got to show me something. I don't have that same feeling about uh, Denzel. However, today, he was kind of getting torched. Like, he was on he was on dude, uh, what's his name? In, in, Inman. Inman. Yeah. He was on him on both touchdowns. And I mean, he yeah. just ran a regular. No, no, he wasn't on the, on the first one. The first one was uh, someone else. It wasn't him. But you, you, you can't allow. And that's just defensive back wise. I don't know what the hell they doing back in that defensive backfield, bro. It's the scheme, and they're they're playing soft. They're giving the receivers a free release off the line, and you can't give a receiver a free release that close to the end zone. It's all well, the other part of it. If, if you're slant. But listen, if you give that and you know your safety is going that way, if I'm the slot guy and I know my safety is going that way, I'm going to play you to go that way. Well, the problem I'm not going to give you the, the middle. Is, so we don't have any safeties. I mean, they're out there. 
They're, they're out there. Carl Joseph played pretty good today. Who? Carl Joseph played good yeah, but today. Sandejo didn't. I don't know that Sandejo has ever played good. That's what I'm saying. Like, on the one touchdown so, where uh, – <laughs> so, when Denzel got beat on the inside, they gave him a free release, and Sandejo came late over the top, and it was too easy. I don't know what the hell sometimes, and I know I ain't in the NFL, and I know people say right. easily, bro, you don't play. Listen, I don't play, and there's a reason that I don't play. First of all, I'm 46. <laughs> <laughs> so even if I had played, I wouldn't be playing right now. But You've, you know, we've we've all played and we've all watched a lot of football and we've covered a lot of football in our own uh, situations. There's certain stuff that you just know, like if you just stick to the basics, bro. What the hell was Sendejo doing? What was he looking at? What was he thinking about, bro? In that particular situation, you got to cover that over the top in the middle. And then he just waited, which gave dude the room. To get right. in there, and then guess what? Here he come with the late hit to try to separate the ball, but he already in the end zone, homie. Exactly. It was, it was so, too late at this point. So, um, as far as game balls, I'm going to give my game balls to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a monster. Absolute beast. Um, also going to give a game ball business. to – Yep, all about business. I'm going to give a game ball to B.J. Goodson. One of the no-name linebackers. He actually had a very, very Goodson good game. Really good, man. And he made plays when it counted, like in the fourth quarter, BJ. the third and fourth yep. quarter. He came up with some huge plays yep. that we needed. Yep. That's that all pick you want sometimes got. when you're struggling. Make somebody make a play. So Look, that pick he got was huge. That pick he got was huge, and he played it perfectly. Exactly. He so played and then, perfect. and my third game ball, I'm gonna give to Carl Joseph. So I got Nick Chubb, BJ Goodson. And uh, Carl Joseph, which is ironic because as much as we just bashed our defense, two of my game balls are going to defensive guys. But, the defense, homie. Hey, but, they, but they, they made plays today when they had to, you know, force a lot of turnovers. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. You have to. You have to. And uh, like I said, I'm going to get mine to Carl Joseph, uh, Sheldon Richardson, and I'm also giving it to Nick Chubb as well. I think Nick is a very underrated talent in this league. Uh, I heard the announcer say he's the best running back nobody's ever heard of. I don't know who's never heard of Nick Chubb. Yeah, if you haven't, it's only a matter of time. Because exactly, because it's it only a matter Freddie of time. Kitchens. He didn't ready. Because we wasn't Freddie Kitchens' dumbass last year. He would have led the league in rushing, and all of a sudden he decided to stop running them the last three games of the season for whatever reason. So, but you know what? And I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I see the look in your eyes. I see that pain look on your face when I brought up Freddie Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to do that. I know it hurts. I know it hurts because last year, last year actually Listen, hurt more than the so, 16 season. It so did. Look, last year hurt more. Than, it, it actually, actually, I think it might have. Actually, I it think did. it might. Have. The 16 you know season, what? I was numb. I was good. I had emotional. Especially after Cody Parkey booted that junk in Miami, I knew at that point I said, "Oh right. yeah, we're going to do it." Like, yeah, we're going to do it. Exactly. Because, man. And think about this, man. We out there with with Cody Kessler and Deshaun. I was like, "My God, Deshaun Kaiser." Who else do we have out there? Was McCown still with us then too? McCown started the season and got hurt. 
Remember he tried okay. to die for a touchdown early in uh, the first game of the season? Yeah. And he, got, he got a concussion and was like out for like he was done. That's how that's how Deshaun Watson, I mean not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser ended up as the quarterback. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. you know, we we just we just had a cadre of of, of worthless quarterbacks come through. And we have a cadre of worthless players. And then even no matter how good you are, when it's all crumbling around you, it ain't that much. And we right. You're absolutely it's right. Just, it's just not that much you can do, man. Um yeah. and, it, and, well, it, so, and it, it's, it it sucks, but don't ever ever Ever, ever. You told me last week, don't bring up. Hugh Jackson. Uh, Hugh Jackson. Right. Yeah, please don't. Don't bring up. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. And, and All right. The, All right. Ab the abomination that is Freddie Kitchens. You'll never hear the word Freddie Kitchens come. Freddie Kitchens <laughs> from my mom again. Look, so, so you know on the next show, you know on the next show, I'm probably going to bring up Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, man. So my overall grade for the day, I give him a B minus. I'm happy with the win. Um, next week we have the uh, Dallas Cowgirls, America's Bandwagon, down yep. in uh, in Jerry's World. Big game, big big game. So we can finally, you know, this is a true litmus test to see where where we are. Um, even though Dallas underachieves a lot, they got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, um, and it's definitely going to be a big test for us. So I'm really looking forward to this game. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you pointed at us in that way, which is why I don't call you just a co-host. You actually are the host along with me because you can you can lead this show the way it well, needs I, to go. Well, I mean, I'm just saying we, we're both co-hosts. There's two hosts, so we're both co-hosting the show. You know yes. what I'm saying? Not not to put either one one of us above the other or one below the other. Right. No, we're both co-hosting the show. So here we are on our way to J World. Um, for some reason, I, I, I'm just not afraid of the Cowboys. Now, I know we can go down there and get it handed to us. Our defense is awful. Uh, Zeke Elliott is Zeke Elliott. So I expect for Zeke to probably run, because McKissick was running kind of crazy today at certain points in the game. Yeah, he had, he I'm had expecting a nice couple of runs. Yeah, Zeke could probably have a pretty solid game against us. I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. I don't really see why the hoopla is with him. Exactly. He hasn't won anything. However, however, we'll we'll address that in our midweek show to figure out, you know, what we think is gonna happen in that game. Um you know I I, I think that we as we moved out of this game I would probably give what we did today a solid B, like a solid B, a real solid. Like, what is what is a B anymore? Like, like, like an eighty? I don't know, not man. They all these like these weird, yeah, these weird grading scales yeah. now. So we were in school was between an eighty and ninety. Now between an eighty and eighty-nine. Yeah. So I, I think if I'm gonna give you a solid B, not a B minus, not a B plus. If I'm gonna give you a solid B, I think it was probably like an 86 or 80 or 87. I think if you got an 88, that was a B plus. Right. So I'm gonna give them an 86, 87. I think they did really. I think they did good today. There were some flaws and some holes. Like I said, I don't know if we won 
or excuse me, if we had gotten less than those five turnovers, I don't know what we would have done. But I am happy that they utilized the turnovers and for those five turnovers to, to turn into points. Um, so that's that's promising. I'll give them a solid B. I'll give Baker a probably a B minus. I give Stefansic, uh, excuse me, Stefanski. I know a, a bank owner, <laughs> a bank president. His name is Stefansic. Uh, <laughs> I'll give Stefanski a. I give him a solid B too. I think I think he did pretty good today. And again, like you said, I've been watching it since you said it. Dude is kind of even keeled. He never loses it. He never like looks like he's below that. He always keeps it here. And I right. think that's good. I think I think that'll be good going forward. And I think because he didn't um, panic, especially when the Browns got down, the team didn't panic. We took the ball, went right down yeah, the field, took the yeah. lead, and we didn't look back from there. Yeah, um, I thought that was a very impressive. But drive. you know what? Saying that, you know what, you know what, and that that actual specific changes his B to a B plus, man. Because you're right, when we were down, I was sitting there, I wasn't saying nothing, I wasn't on Facebook, I wasn't on, I was just sitting there, and I said, let me see what these dudes do now. Now we're losing. Let's see how they come out and play. And I actually, the defense played a, the defense played better in the second half, the later stages of the second half than they did at any point in the game. I agree. You know, so his – I know he's not in charge of the defense. However, we didn't see many bad plays from the quarterback. We didn't see many bad plays from the O-line. We saw a great running from Nick. We saw tough running from from uh, Hunt. The the game plan, the adjustments or, or the expectations of what was happening in the game and then calling a play based on where we were, I think you did a really good job, man. And, and I hope that this is starting to build into something because, like, you know, we've already discussed how kind of bad the defense is. If the offense is already good and we ain't got to go out looking for something else, that just means we know where to hit in the draft. Right. I agree. All right, we man. We can go so... those players and we can go snatch – uh, you know, those guys and get us get us where we need to go. So that's Brown Sunday. Well let's let's switch hats a little bit, man. So let's switch hats. Let's talk about them Indians, man. All right. Uh, the Indians were, we were on a roll until yesterday, but at this point it really doesn't matter at this point. Um I well, guess I guess just 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 to play our position. Right. Yeah. Like we we basically losing yesterday, put us in jeopardy of potentially being as far down as seventh in the seating. Okay. Which would basically which would basically mean we don't have we don't have a home field advantage at all. We'll be on the road starting yeah, out every series basically. Yeah, because the the way that the system is set up for that first round, I think they're all at the home team's stadium. So it's a three game series. And yep. whoever's the higher seed gets all three games. But I don't think at this point in time, with it being no fans, the only thing that that plays a part in who who, who gets last at bat. Other than that, I don't think it puts either team at an advantage or a disadvantage. Right I agree that. So, I agree that. Um, I think, yeah. 
So I don't know if there's a whole lot to say. Um, the Indians will be on the, on a roll. Um, had one of the worst losing streaks ever in, in, the, in the modern history of the Indians, losing those eight straight. And I thought we were going to do a tailspin. But Sandy got them back together. Shout out to Sandy Alomar, um, who's taking Terry Francona's place. Um, Terry, get, get well soon. We need you back out there, but we need you to get better first. Um, I think Sandy has done a great job pulling that team together and pushing the right buttons because um, the team still can't hit um, at all. But we got one of the best pitching staffs in the American League. And during this last little run that we've had, we've had timely hitting, um, especially from Jose Ramirez. He's pretty much put the team on his back. And um, yep. he's been carrying us, um, you know, going into the playoffs. So um, I guess by the end of today, um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll know who we're playing the playoffs. The last time I checked, um, we were tied 2-2 with the Pirates. And I was kind of like back in the fifth inning, but I need to check the scores and see, you know, where we are. So I think by the end of the day, we'll know who we're playing in the playoffs um, yep. in the first uh, wild card round. So, so – Early in the season, when the season – I know it was a, it was a uh, kind of a shortened season due to the COVID and whatnot. Um, I said early on, everybody was going in on the offense, going in, going in, going in. I said, hey, listen, if I don't know nothing else, I agree with what you're saying, that they don't necessarily have consistent hitting. Because you'll have a game today where they hit everything. But then you'll have two games where nobody can – they don't even know what a baseball looks like in terms of right. hitting. Um, but I said to everybody, I said, just relax. I think they're, they're, they're going to make – they're going to make the adjustments. One of the things that I've known or that I've seen over this, this isn't like the – the mid two thousand Indians, where they can't figure it out. I think they're well managed. I think they actually are well coached. So to have a guy, the first base coach, like Sandy Alomar, who can go from that to right take over as manager, managing the squad. Right. I think the squad. I think mentally these guys are okay because they got the right folks above them that, that keeps keeps them motivated and keeps them aware of what's going on. The problem is, like you say, you just don't have that stick in the lineup that everybody's afraid of from the first inning to the ninth inning. Or and however many times have have that, But those guys are just inconsistent. Like uh, Framil Reyes is our power guy. He's inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Frankie's been inconsistent. Frankie, um, for the Sam, first time in his career, he's been inconsistent as heck. Right. He's even inconsistent on the base path, too. Like, his mind isn't all the way there. I don't know if it's because of the, the whole contract thing kind of has him distracted. I don't know either. I was thinking that, too. He's not, he doesn't have the same, you know, like, look in his eye right now um, that he normally has. Um, Santana's not hitting worth anything. Now, I know Santana's normally a later in the season guy. comes on later in the season, but you know, he's been off all year. So um, we have guys that, that can, can be that. They just haven't lived up to it um, this season. Just thank God for our pitching staff, man. If it wasn't for them, you know, the we wouldn't be staff, anywhere near the playoffs. The pitching staff has 
it's so crazy, and you know this as well as I do. We've always had either a bunch of offense and the pitching staff stinks or is not so good, or we've had a great pitching staff and no stinks. Like, we never really, as a team, have found a complete balance of all of those things. Right. To me, I think we're as close to that. The problem is, again, we still don't have that one just consistent, consistent, consistent stick in the lineup. And I probably have advocated for that for the last 20 years or so. With the Yeah, exactly. You want a professional hitter. Just and give me that guy. Line. Just give me a guy. I remember at one point, Vladimir Guerrero was was available, and I was like, "So, so y'all don't want Vladimir Guerrero? This right. dude can hit home runs just slapping a ball. He also always hits for average, right? But they never, they never went and got him. Now you last know? year we went on and got Puig, and I thought we should have brought Puig back. I thought we should have brought Puig but back. I guess you know, hearing some stuff though that Puig wasn't a great locker room guy. You know, he's kind of a wild card, kind of out there a little bit. He was bumping heads with Francona a little bit, and that's why they. He's always just been a wild card guy, you know. And I and I will at least give the Indians the credit for going out to to at least research that, right? To get him to get him in the first place. However, there's always a – the thing about this, Sean, he was bumping heads with Frank Conan, and Frank Conan was like, nah, B, I can't have him in the building. Where's Frank Conan at right this second? He ain't even managing. <laughs> yeah, but they, they didn't know that, though. But, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, bro, you, you know. make every decision based on what I – sometimes you got to get over yourself. Especially when you understand that I'm trying to win or I would like to win. The thing about baseball that bothers me more than any other sport is that baseball is the only sport that feels like you can only win like this. And if you don't listen to this, then you're not an all-time great or you're not a – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, don't, I, I hate that about baseball. Yeah, baseball has a lot of unwritten rules. Um, quite frankly, a lot of them are antiquated. You know, oh, kind of, you know, especially too. Um, the game has gotten kind of stale. So if you want to attract the young people to watch, you got to let these guys be themselves. Has a person that, you know, is is it so bad a guy does a bat flip after hitting a home run? It's so bad a guy watches it, shows a little personality, a little spunk, a little fire. And baseball always poo-poo's that. Well, that's not, that's not classy. That's not the way we play the game. You know, yada yada yada. Meanwhile. You know, they're still doing well. I guess, you know, attendance-wise at the, at the ballparks, you know, we're at an all-time high, you know, before COVID hit. But you don't have that. You're going to need to attract the younger viewer at some point. Because, um, like, when I was teaching, like, all my students, man, they're in the NBA. Um, that's why the NFL is not careful either. You know, at some point, the NBA might overtake the NFL in popularity. Like, these young kids gravitate – not necessarily towards the team. They like players. They like the superstar players. They like players. Um, you got the shoes. You know, they play for the shoe contracts. They're more visible. You know, uh, football players have on a helmet, so you can't really harder to identify with certain players. But basketball players are more visible, more on social media. Um, and especially going with the social justice things that they're doing now, letting players express themselves, you know, was very attractive to the um, the younger generation. So both, you know, 
um, baseball especially, need to start doing a little bit more outreach. Don't, don't you know, be gimmicky with the game. You know, you can still keep the same core principles with the game, but just spice it up, jazz it up a little bit, market your players. They do a horrible job of marketing their players. I don't think they know how. Like I say, again, if, you're, if your angle is here, here's how baseball is supposed to be played inside of this box, it's hard to get that guy that's judging the box to judge the players because he wants that player to fit in a box. He doesn't want the player to be as uh, big personality-wise as a queen. Right. You don't want the guy just hopping off and talking. And we know Tito uh, Francona, that is, I, we call Tito we call Terry Francona Tito. Anybody who's been around him, they call him Tito. Tito is an old school. But you can't tell me that Big Poppy wasn't like Pui at some point. Oh, of course. You can't tell me that. Big Poppy was, why do they call him Big Poppy, folk? Exactly. You know what I mean? Now, did anybody but pick up Pui? I don't think anybody to... picked him up, did they? Uh, I, f I feel like I heard he got picked up, but he not – it wasn't like for a long-term right type of situation um, because nobody wants the headache per se. However, all the teams that didn't make the playoffs or that came close to not making the playoffs, you can't tell me that a guy like Puig could not have helped you out. It's the same argument that people would have about Carmelo Anthony. Say whatever the hell you want to, but this dude can give you 25 points a night if you're awful. Right. So he can add to what you're trying to do. And if you're a team like Portland, you know, if you can figure out how to manage what he can do for you and what uh, Lillard can do for you, I don't, I, honestly, in terms of scoring, there ain't many teams that can score like these guys. Right. And, I think that's a good... and it's about – go ahead. No, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that that's, that's a good segue. So we need to talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. We can discuss the Indians a little bit more during our midweek show once we figure out who they're playing in the playoffs and once that gets rolling. So uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's a perfect segue, you know, into the NBA. Because I was just um, talking about the NBA too. So Brown right. is in his 10th final bro uh oh, i picked that series uh against the nuggets i said that it would be a 4-2 series okay it wasn't necessarily like a knock on the lakers because i thought the lakers were playing at that time phenomenally the problem was that so were the nuggets mm -hmm. so i was kind of trying to say Let's just give the Nuggets an extra game. Maybe they'll squeeze another game out. And honestly, I watched – I think I only missed one game. Pretty much the Nuggets had an opportunity to win at least another game. Like, they were right they there. And they they did. Won, that, won that second game. So, they lost 4-1, but they could have won that second game, like I said. However, I knew that they weren't going to win that series. There was no way they were going to win that series. The Lakers are too um, – they're too good. They're they got LeBron too good right now, and they got LeBron. 
So when you have LeBron with guys around him that can shoot, that can move the ball, and that are IQ-wise at least semi-smart, it's, 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 that's a tough that's a tough setup. You're probably not right. going to win that much. And then what I noticed yesterday, too, um, I've been watching the series, like, off and on. Um, especially under this football season. Sometimes the game is on during a football game. I watch the football over. I watch the football. But what yeah. I noticed yesterday is that LeBron has guys playing specific roles that are supposed to. Like Dwight Howard was actually being more physical yesterday than I've ever seen him in his years, even when he was, you know, the face of the league for a while, or one of the faces of the league when he was with Orlando. You know, he was always, you know, uh, um, big, but he never used to me well, his strengths to his to his uh, advantage all the time. A part of that is because now he don't have to be the fake. Of right. The he don't have to, you know, if you lose his double double, whatever he was going to give you when he was in Orlando. Yeah, that changes everything. Now he's like. Literally, this dude is like the Birdman. Yeah, he's kind of like he, cares being he was throwing elbows. He was kind of playing like a little yeah, bit he was, dirty. Listen, not, man. not dirty to the point where he's doing flagrant fouls. He was, playing, he was at, you know, look, hip checking and you know, he, throwing a couple of elbows. He was here playing and dirty for this. He was playing dirty for this league now. Right. He that wasn't even close to dirty from you know where we grew up at. This was just regular. Like, oh, he threw an elbow. Referee, please. Call a foul or whatever. Right. But he he did his job, and that's what he. That's actually what LeBron has around him. It's a bunch of guys that know what their roles are. He has a a bunch of guys around him that understand that, like they've bought into the concept of just getting us there, and I can get y'all the championship, so to speak. Exactly. I mean, guys like Russo. You play huge. Caruso play huge. Um, Rondo's playing he, very well. Listen, Rondo has been playing like he's never played before. And he's exactly. played good really, over his whole career. But he's playing even – what's the word? It's the better – I want to say better, but I want to say something. He's just playing like – he's playing like, like the savvy veteran. He's the, he kind, he kind of like playing – you know what? He's playing that Ron Harper role that Ron Harper had when he played yep. with the Bulls yep. and the Lakers perfect. those years. Doesn't have to do that's a whole lot. Perfect. That's, a, that's a perfect example of what Rondo is doing. He's where he needs to be. He's when he needs to be. You know, he's on time for, for, the, for the meetings or whatever. <laughs> he's just being a leader. He, you know right. what I mean? He's not doing too much, and he damn sure ain't doing too too little. He's knocking down wide open shots, and we know the Rondo that we've seen when he was in Boston. He's in Boston. He could hit the side of a barn when he was in. He was missing. Yeah, yeah. That dude could throw a damn ball in the ocean and miss. He just wasn't consistent with his shot. Now he's knocking down that jump shot, and he has the confidence to pull it off. So. When you got guys around you that understand their roles, they're not trying to overstep their roles. They're not trying to be the guy. It's definitely going to help LeBron be wherever he needs to be. Um, so my honestly, my hats off to LeBron. 
to the Lakers. You guys have made it to the finals. Now you just got to finish the job. On the other side of that uh, bracket, we still have on the on the short side one more game, but on the long side two more games. Two. Right. Uh, Miami and the, and and the Celtics. Can Miami finish these guys off tonight? It's been such a strange series, man. It's it's so hard to predict. You don't know which Celtic team is going to show up today. You know, um, talent-wise, on paper, you know, Boston should go ahead and win this thing. But uh, Jimmy Butler has Miami playing at a level. And it's not – you know what I know? It's like Butler's not even scoring a lot. He's not out here getting 30 points tonight. Nope. Nope. You may get 15, 16, and 8. 15 and 8. Right. But he has these guys playing with so much confidence. You know, he got Tyler Hero balling. Um, Who else is out there? Um, uh, Bam out of bios playing out of his mind. You know, he's playing his role. Bam playing crazy. What's the other other young kid? Uh, uh, I can't think. Duncan. I I know you're talking about. Me too. Duncan Duncan Robinson. That's his name. I mean, you got these guys playing. Why do I know Duncan Robinson's name? Why do I know Tyler Hero's name? It's because these guys are stepping up and knocking down big, timely shots in huge moments of important basketball games. Um, and like you say, Jimmy Butler is just being a leader. And he's right. being like this, y'all got to play harder type of guy. Right, and I, and I owe Jimmy Butler an apology. I didn't think he had that type of leadership in him, man. I thought he was kind of more like of a mild content, more like of a me guy, especially when he was in Minnesota. But now after watching how Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns were playing, at, now when I look back on it, I see why he was acting the way he was acting because they weren't stepping up. They were playing pretty much just playing soft. They weren't stepping up. So they played all that talent. There was no reason for those Minnesota teams not to have been contenders back then. So I get why he was, you know, being that way. Prima Donna's like, I said, those guys are like Prima Donna's like. Yeah, same thing in in Philly. Um, I said Philly will never win because Embiid, as great as Embiid is, he's a Prima Donna. um, And Ben Simmons thinks that he's arrived already. Um, That, you know, yeah, you're you're a 6'10 point guard. You've got great defensive skills, ball handling, passing, but you haven't tried to improve your game. And you haven't yeah. led a team nowhere, bro. Yeah, you're a liability right now because you don't even have a mid-range jump shot, let alone you a, a jump shot. You, you can't even hit a 10-footer. You know, so – and he and so and I think and I think, and I think Jimmy was, you know, kind of like, man, I don't want to be here either because these guys ain't – you know, they're not serious. And then he takes a Miami team. When he went there – I said, man, he's going there for you know for for the cash out. There's no way in the world he's gonna be able to get that yeah. team anywhere. I thought that was a weird fit, man. I was like, why right. he going to my oh, he's just trying to get a check. Okay. Yeah, so so Jimmy Butler, if you listen to this podcast, I owe you an apology, my man. Um, you've you've shown me that you are indeed a, a, a great leader to get that cast of midfits, you know, to one game from the NBA finals. So um, if I had to make a prediction for tonight's game. I think I'm gonna go with Boston, man. I think Boston is gonna step this step up today and take it to a game seven. I think the way this series has been playing out, I think it's only fitting that it goes to a game seven. And I want Boston to win. 
I want Boston. I, I'd rather see an L.A. Boston matchup than an L.A. Miami matchup. Well, the L.A. Boston matchup is always sexier for the NBA. That that definitely is the sexy NBA uh, thing. It's happened up a multitude of times over the course of history. Right. Um, for me, I truly, I truly think that Miami's gonna they're gonna finish this thing tonight. Okay. I feel it. I, I believe that they. I know that they can, and it's just a matter of getting it done. What time is the game? Is it at eight thirty? Six thirty. I think it's at seven. Seven. Okay, I so I can I flip that between that game. What's the What's the Sunday night game today? Is New Orleans and Green Bay? Yep. Okay, so I can watch Drew Brees in his wheelchair roll up and down the field. So Dude, I can, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and his hover round. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Aaron, even though Aaron Rodgers ain't old, I mean, he plays kind of old anymore. Like, and I, and and I blame that on Green Bay's front office, but that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. I go on and on and on for that. But yeah, I think I think Miami's gonna win tonight. I think they need to finish deep. If they mess around and get a game seven, man, that's what happened to them. They were too spent, yeah. to try to compete, yeah. Every single solitary game. I mean, especially when you're playing every other day. You're playing every other day. That's a lot. And it does wear on you. And LeBron is, in general, and probably some of the best shape that you've ever seen. So when you get this dude five games, and now he's sitting back like this with his feet up, you ain't helping yourself. You ain't helping yourself at all. Yeah, exactly. You're right. If you want to win a championship, if you really want to win a championship, and if you really want your team to compete in the championship, you got to get rid of these guys today. Now, I'd say the exact same thing if the Celtics were in this spot 3-2. Celtics, you got to get rid of these guys so you can have a day or two to just like, <sighs> okay. Right, exhale a little if bit. You guys go into this, yeah, if you go into this game seven, it just prolongs in, – in a nutshell, I think it just kind of prolongs your uh, – you're not winning a championship. That's that's what I think. No, I, I get so what you're coming this thing, get this I just thing, think that, get the hell out of there. Yeah, that's this the last point I wanted to make about that is I just think uh, – not in Miami, but in Boston, L.A. finals. I mean, there's so many interesting matchups. Because, like, Boston is pretty much almost a, a positionless team as far as how they play. Like, what is um, Tatum and Brown? Are they guards? Are they forwards? They kind of play like a hybrid. Um, they do a little bit of everything. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is like a forward, two-guard type. Um, Kimba is a, is a two-point guard. You know, a scoring point guard, but he plays a point. And then, then against L.A., you know, L.A. has – you know, LeBron playing point forward, you know, AD, you know, it's kind of like that hybrid power force. And so I think it just makes some in an interesting matchup to see how teams would have, you know, are going to adjust against each other. And that's why I want to see that uh, Boston. Well, I, think Miami has the best, I think Miami has the best chance of beating LA. I don't think that um, Boston can beat LA. I think Miami is tougher in the mind 
and they're more physical. So like a guy like Bam Adebayo, he's not just a, a bruiser like, say, uh, Dwight Howard is. He's going to come in the game. He's going to beat you up on the inside, but he's also going to give you 15 points. Yeah, I agree with you on that point. I agree. You know, so it, it does change how – how I how I view things like I want a competitive final. I don't want to see another four one final, and that doesn't mean that the Lakers won't win four one. Because at this point, I think the Lakers are gonna win. But yeah. I don't, I don't. That doesn't mean that you won't see a four one. However, I think there's less of a chance of a four one with Miami because <clears throat> they're well coached. Um, I think these other kids, the you know Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. All those other guys, I think that I don't know what they're made of, but these dudes just show up. But let's see if they can show up in the when it when it really really counts. Yeah, and you know? and that's why you know I gave Boston giving them the edge because of the experience factor. You know Tatum and uh, Brown, they both been deep into the playoffs on several occasions, so they know kind of what it takes. The Miami guys, you know, outside of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, never really been in this position. They're still really young, so let's see how they handle. Um, I'm the pressure tonight, man. It's going to be a very, very good game. I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, listen, man, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap the show. Um, again, I don't know if, if we expressed this enough, but the Browns win, the Browns win, the Browns win. And yes. being 2-1 is better than being 1-2, and two, and it's damn yes, sure better than being 0-3. Oh so I appreciate, regardless of the negatives, I appreciate everything that those guys did. A win did. is a win at the end of the day. A win is a win. A win, I'll take it however I can get. I got people texting me and, and, and you know, Facebooking me like, oh, Washington sucks anyway. Listen, had we lost to them, y'all would have been like, how'd you lose to that team? So yeah, we exactly. win a game and we still stink. We win a game so, we're supposed to I'm win. That's all you can ask for right now. And that's all you can do. We we win. Whoever set this schedule up, we won what we should have won. We shouldn't have won the first game, per se. I didn't expect to win the first game. I would have loved to have won that game. But it's okay. And now we're on next week to uh, the cow bitches. And we'll see how, you know, how that plays out down in at and uh, the big stripper pole stadium that is AT&T. Uh, stadium. Jerry World. <laughs> All right. All right, my brother. Well, you have a good rest of your night. Hey, man, you too, bro. Um, thank love you guys you, uh, for tuning in. What'd you say? I said, love you, dog. I love you too, man. So yep. you have a good one and look out for our midweek podcast. Not sure if we're going to do it, what, Tuesday or Wednesday? We're going to play it by ear? Yep. Okay. We'll so figure it you out. Guys, be you guys, be on the lookout for that. Stay, stay ready, stay tuned, and we will put that out there for you guys so that you guys can uh, enjoy that as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for allowing us to be ourselves because that's our goal from, from top to bottom. And uh, we'll see you guys in the middle of the week. Thank you. Appreciate you. Peace.
This is Two Guys in a Mic. Your hosts are Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Our show is sponsored by The Christian Jaden Project. They can be reached on Facebook and on Instagram at The Christian Jaden Project. Also, they can be reached on the web at thechristianjadenproject.org. We're also sponsored by Renegade Soul. Renegade Soul can be reached on Facebook as well as on Instagram at Renegade Soul 216 and on the web at Renegade Soul 216.com. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys on our midweek show. Peace.